Welcome to Spiritual Landmap with Peace of Christ Church. We are the Peace of Christ Pastors. This is Matthew. Hello. Fran. Hey, y'all. And I'm Aurelia. And after a summer-long hiatus, we are excited to be back talking about communion this week at our church. We highly value the communion moment. We participate in communion every week, and every week we write original meditations for the communion liturgy. So we're going to begin today with part of a communion meditation that Fran wrote recently. Yeah, the ritual of communion is very close to our hearts. For one thing, just to give you an idea, it was instituted by Christ himself. Eucharist, foot washing, and baptism were some of the first rituals the Christian church adopted and that were given to it, to us, by him in person. And like all the rituals that Christ initiated, the Eucharist is a ritual of flesh, of presentness and embodiment from one human hand to another, bread made by human hands, passed from hand to hand, wine and juice from grapes grown and processed by human hands and passed among a family. In this ritual, we embrace the fact of our embodiment and the fact of our deep need for nourishment. It's physical bread, but it's also spiritual bread that comes to us both as a gift and as a shared resource, as a physical gift and as a spiritual gift, the bread of life, the presence of God among us, sustaining and nourishing us for our work, both as spiritual beings and as embodied humans and passed around from hand to hand. Beautiful. I love it. Thank you. Well, you don't have to come to peace long or really only have to come to one service to see how much we love this moment in our service. Um, And we've, over the past couple years, have developed some, I think, incredible stories uh, yeah. <laughs> around communion from the time that the chalice or the cup broke while we were serving <laughs> communion and one of us rushed to the front of the line and picked up this broken chalice and continued to serve which I thought was a beautiful picture or the time we realized communion wasn't actually out on the table oh <laughs> my God. we were so sly about that uh, I think of Sharon Shoemake's shaking hands Uh, dipping that bread into the cup and thinking this is one of the last times we'll ever have communion together. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a beautiful or powerful story that I've shared before about uh, my family and I visiting other family in a different state, going to church with them at their much more conservative uh, church and uh, my kids being disallowed communion even though we waited in line, we got to the front of this big church, and then Ellis, my little girl, uh, being uh, uh, denied communion and her kind of making a scene and not shouting, but saying loud enough for everybody to hear in this big echoey church, no fair, no fair. No fair. No fair. And and how they laughed, oh, that's cute, the little girl, she doesn't know. But what I said in the communion meditation, how I think about it is, uh, she was a little prophet in their Mm -hmm. midst, telling them, you are practicing uh, ageism right here and mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't feel so welcome in this community. I don't know if you're hoping to have young people in your community at one point in the future, but you know, you're excluding us from the full life. Yeah. So, so communion has become central to who we are as a community. Um, and central to our service, central our, to our, our, service. our gathering. Center of the service. Right. right. Can we, so 
um, it wasn't always that way for us. Yeah. You know, it's a shift that's taken place over time. That's right. We Something we've probably only been doing for the last couple of years. Uh, and then it turned into a prioritizing of that centered moment. It's a place where usual forms of exclusion take place, mm-hmm. ironically, in this in, this institutionalized tradition that is based on inclusion. Mm-hmm. I love, um, I love how we are able to, to claim this ritual as our own and make it our own, when at the same time, it's so resonant of the ancient tradition and of even of like the modern day liturgical church. So I actually took my daughter to an Episcopalian church the other day, and she was so affronted. Same same story as yours, Matt, that like she was so affronted that she was not allowed to take communion because she is accustomed to at mm-hmm. our church, and it was such an affront to her. But still, it still remains that you, the Eucharist is central to that, that type of service mm-hmm. also. And I also love the resonance with the church in Acts, in the book, the Acts of the Apostles, that their central practice was to break bread, to share meals with one another. And so I just love how we've made this ritual so just the, the cornerstone of our gathering each week. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think people get excluded because denominations and groups are afraid to do it wrong. They're trying to interpret the scriptures in a way. Yeah. They're looking at what Paul writes when he talks about taking communion in an unworthy manner. <clears throat> And I'll be the first to say that maybe we just interpret that differently. Uh, I think he's talking about power systems and structures that are excluding people. Come on. And then they practice communion after that, and he says, you're doing it wrong. Um, And so we try to begin with the posture of including people to make sure we're not doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. People would say we're doing it wrong because we're including too many. Mm-hmm. We and approach the faith so differently. Yes, and it's so beautiful to me. I mean, I guess this is just me like kind of tooting our horn, but the person who leads the communion meditation, which is not usually me, it's usually one of these guys, always says every person is welcome, mm-hmm. no matter your sexual orientation, no matter your class or a socioeconomic status, no matter your education status, no matter your health status. Like there are no exclusions and no exceptions to Mm -hmm. who is welcome at the table. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite things about communion is the corporate element of the ritual. Mm -hmm. So in a time where people aren't really coming to church as much anymore, in a time where I personally might be tempted to run out of reasons to come to church myself, the communion moment sort of symbolizes my corporate need for divine community. Yeah. And... You know, the whole church gathering is intended to be this corporate moment of worship. And for for me, and I think for us, the communion moment sort of symbolizes that. This is a communal ritual. This is a communal mystical experience. Yeah. And also, as someone who loves ritual and who loves doing rituals on my own, participating in rituals with other kindred spirits who are ritualists, um, the communion moment is an is an open door for people to walk through to to practice ritual in a way that becomes so what what's the word like it just becomes so habitual ingrained and ingrained yeah. that you can then say look 
you're doing this ritual. What other rituals can you do in your life or do you need in your life to, to heal or to celebrate or to mark a passage of time? Because we're hungry for rituals mm-hmm. as a society and as a, as a collective, we are hungry for ritual. And mm-hmm. I think ritual is medicine for what ails us. Yeah. Yes. It grounds us. And it yeah. I, I am curious what you would say. <clears throat> so we made a conscious decision to put it at the center of our service, almost the high point. In most Protestant traditions, the sermon is the sacrament or the high point of the service, mm-hmm. which the sermon's still important to us. We spent a lot of time on that, mm-hmm. prepping for that, and delivering it. But uh, we put communion at the center of our service. And I think we didn't entirely realize the powerful statement mm-hmm. that was, and we're, we're figuring that out. So how do you think that putting that there has shaped our theology and our practice and our community? since we've decided to do that a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think it's challenged us to self-evaluate as a church whether or not we're truly inclusive. Because every week we say these words, it doesn't matter who you are. Every week we allow every age, and, and no, there's no social barrier mm-hmm. to participating. And this habit that we do every single week is so ingrained in us now that we're going, are we really being inclusive in our mm-hmm. lives? Are we really being inclusive in our church? Are we really being inclusive in our communities? We say this every week. Are we really living it yeah. in every aspect yeah. of our lives? And it becomes then, a, a pole star, kind of a, yeah. a guiding. Yeah, um, it's been cool. to. I mean, I don't think we intentionally did yeah. that. And mm-hmm. hey, maybe that was, maybe Jesus knew what he was doing. <laughs> you know? Right. Who, who would think? Yeah. I, I want to talk to that question just about just from the from the perspective of our of the liturgy. So, you know, we can make all sorts of liturgical changes and and how the order of the service unfolds. But at least for now, I really like how what we are what we call you know we use the word worship to refer to the songs that we sing together. I find that. <clears throat> Right now in my life, I'm moving away from the use of the word worship because it's losing yeah. its it's losing its value for me because I think it's just become a shorthand for other things that we don't necessarily mean. Stay tuned for the next yeah. podcast. <laughs> I, am, I have a lot to say about that, actually. But, you know, at every week, I or whomever is leading the music and leading this, the song, you know, I try to say, look, this, you know, we're not, we're not, like calling in the presence of God. The presence of the Holy Spirit is not something that left or that needs to return. Like God is here. And what we're doing in this time together is waking up together. We're, we're intentionally in, uh, trying to wake up to the presence of God that is here and become aware and use our awareness. Mm-hmm. And so I just love right now, you know, this could change, sure. but I love how we, we do the work together of waking up and of warming up our voices and of, mm-hmm. of involving our bodies physically in this, in this musical way mm-hmm. and of singing and speaking together. And then there's the presence. There's the presence in, like, in, a, in a symbol and a way we can hold in our hands. Mm-hmm. I just think it's I love so that. freaking beautiful. It's not that we become hungry. It's that we... wake up to our hunger and I think of my three-year-old who last time or a couple of weeks ago 
we said, get up, get up, it's communion. And she clasped, she rubbed her hands together, licked her lips, <laughs> jumped up, and was like, yeah. And she, every week she takes the biggest piece, yeah. takes the biggest mm-hmm. dip. We do, in, we, we practice in tingshin, which means we dip the bread into the cup and just chows down. And, and I think, again, a prophet, a little prophet in our yeah. midst going, hey, we're not, getting hungry we've been hungry and we're just asleep to this hunger but when mm. we become awake to it we're so eager for this communion moment it's such a mystical experience to me when yeah. we really think about it that what way. i love so much about that is her body my kids bodies are taking in the theology her mm-hmm. taste buds know she's welcome mm-hmm. into this sweet savory community yeah my kids oh, my kids so bodies know the mm-hmm. theology. <laughs> their minds don't get it their minds don't understand, but they know the, the big, juicy bread. <laughs> they know the juicy bread theology. But you know what? We're naming this podcast episode "Juicy Bread Theology." Juicy bread theology. <laughs> we totally and, are. Uh, <laughs> you heard it first, right That's here. Right. You know what? Though our minds don't get it exactly. So should we be excluded because mm-hmm. I don't fully mm-hmm. get what this is? No, this is not a cerebral exercise. That's right. And should we be excluded if we can't theolo- if we can't intellectually give assent? To the juicy bread. Juicy bread theology. And so then the question would be, if if we did practice that kind of exclusionary theology, would we start excluding people when they enter into dementia later in life? Right. And they don't get it. And we've had this conversation, actually. We've had this conversation Mm -hmm. um, with older congregants who have said, as aging happens, you forget the memories of your Mm -hmm. faith. You forget certain why you do certain things the thinking is becomes less important and so the doing is important I mean that habit well and then talking about remembering I mean that was a a central theme to Jesus's whole introduction of Mm -hmm. this ritual when he gave it to us in the last supper he said do this in remembrance Mm -hmm. of me and so we do it to remember, even if we can't remember, to help us remember. And I I mean, I just think that's so beautiful. And so as we remember, then we're able to give thanks. And I think that Thanksgiving is so so intricately and beautifully entwined, is Mm -hmm. that once we start to wake up, then we notice what we need to be thankful for, Mm -hmm. for that presence, that living presence, that bread of life. Mm Love it. Well, I think we might end with a excerpt. Well, there's so much energy. I feel like we could do another one of these another sometime. Episode. I'd like to do an episode on, on worship because I have some thoughts there too. Well, I would love for us to um, just read a handful, for Matt to read a handful of his yes. communion meditations oh. to us because so they're always be so fun. beautiful. Matthew is our VIP. Oh. He, he does it most often, but he has a knack for it for sure and I can't wait for the day you publish a book with all your meditations mm-hmm. in one yeah. place beautiful work but you'll have to come visit us to hear Matt you're going to hear an excerpt from one of mine right now as we close <laughs> out mm-hmm. this communion moment is a true space of inclusion it is about more than belonging it is about every single person being welcome and encouraged to participate It represents a table that is always big enough and an invitation that never expires. 
You can be unsure about it, apathetic about it, or oozing with joy about it. You can be old or young or somewhere in between. You can be rich or poor or somewhere in between. You can be smart or not so smart. It doesn't matter your skin color, your hair texture, your documentation status, your gender identity, your able-bodiedness, or who you love. You are welcome. You are invited. There is a place for you here in this ritual moment where we use our whole bodies as a whole body. This shared moment is for you. That's why we love communion, y'all. Love thy neighbor. Yep. No exceptions. Until next time. Until next time. Peace. Bye. Bye.